Baked Spike Podcast, episode 33, Random Thoughts. What's going on, Vort? Not much. Going strong. Wanted to talk quarterbacks today. Happy you were available. What's going on with you? Not much. Uh, lots to talk about with quarterbacks. It's all the same arguments, though. Oh, we can't give up the farm for Watson. We can't give up enough for Watson. <laughs> Sam Donald needs to get another chance. He didn't have any players last year. Sam Donald sucks. He needs to go. That's basically what everything yeah. is all about. And, and then that, Stafford got traded, so they took him off the radar. And that pretty much is why with the big trade going on between the Rams and the Lions, since we hired the new coach, the next biggest thing on – as far as I'm concerned, the next biggest thing undeniably is who is going to be the Jets starting quarterback next season. Is it going to be the long-term solution? Is it going to be a one-year stopgap? Whatever that may be. Uh, at this point, it seems like, and obviously I'd love to ask your thoughts on this. At this point, it seems like logically, unless something comes out of left field, it's three choices. It's whether we're going to give up enough to get Watson. It's whether we're going to go with Sam Darnold for one more year without guaranteeing him that second year option and kind of see how that plays out. Or do we fall in love with somebody in the draft at number two behind Lawrence and uh, bring the new kid to town? Uh, are those the reasonable options unless some sort of an Armageddon scenario plays out? Or do you see some other options that I'm missing? Well, the only other one I see is the potential to sign a quarterback, like a free agent, a vet, you know, not necessarily an older vet like a Flacco or, or I mean, I mean, he's not obviously retiring, but like a Drew Brees. I'm not talking about guys that are you know late 30s or just not not. Uh, so like a know, Garoppolo, a Garoppolo. The, I I always go back to the same two: the Winston's, the Mariotas. Uh, you know, guys like that. Um, if those guys are free agents, and then you get you know, there's rumors that David that Derek Carr is going to be traded. All of these, all of these things can possibly be in play. Stafford was in play for a little while, and I think any of those guys would be a one or two year solution if a the Jets don't love anybody coming out, or b uh, they want to see you know you know. Well, actually, I shouldn't. They shouldn't be separate options. If the Jets love someone coming out, they take him. Period. If they don't love someone coming out and they can't make the trade for Watson, then they probably go get a vet and have Darnold and the vet on the on the roster and whoever and liter and and literally whoever wins a job gets a job. Darnold will you know ride off into the sunset at the end of the year. If the vet performs well, he'll still be here. But I think the Jets would probably front load a contract. So that they're not on the hook next year, and then you know, hopefully, they find a guy they like next year, and they draft him, and then they see, you know, they see what's up from that. But I, I think, I think if Darnold is here, there's also a vet in here, so those might actually be the same option. So let me ask you another question. I'm not coming out with the easy soft balls and jabs today. I'm, I'm no. swinging for the fences. If <laughs> okay. you had to guess right now, purely at this very moment, not what's going to happen in a week, not in a month. Today, as we sit right now, February 1st, what is your guess? Not your preference, but simply your guess. Who will be the Jets starting quarterback next season? Oh, so you're pinning me down for an actual answer. I can't give you an A or B, right? You're, you're saying... If you have an A or B scenario, okay. I'd love to hear it, but I'm kind of just, again, well, way too much offseason left to go. But today, February 1st, right. if I had to ask you just for a guess, not your educated opinion, which I guess you, you it will be sort of a mix of the two, but where we stand today, tonight, uh, what's your guess? Who is going to be the Jets starting quarterback next season? Um, I think the Jets are going to do what they can to get Watson. So that's why I said, do you need an A or a B? I don't know that they actually accomplish it, but 
since it's only February 1st and, you know, we haven't even gotten to, you know, you know, the, the combine and, and all these other things yet. And we have no idea what direction it's going to go. Then I would say that since the Jets will probably make an honest effort to get Watson that I think they're going to get Watson. So I think Watson will be the starting quarterback in, uh, in September for the Jets. What about you? I'm going to say Sam Darnold, uh, simply because the reports that I read today, uh, what the Texans came out asking for Watson. And obviously, you can ask for the moon, the stars, and the sun, and it doesn't mean you're going to get it. But rightfully so, their initial ask is ludicrous. And uh, again, rightfully so, we're talking about a proven franchise quarterback who is not even in his prime. He's already an old pro, but he's not even in his prime years yet. Uh, he checks all the boxes. We've spoke about this before. I don't want to rehash uh, all the amazing things about Watson. Uh, we both love him. Uh, we both want him. But two firsts, two seconds, two young starting defensive players. Whoa. I don't know who can meet that. I think some team might. I think some desperate team who might say, you know what? If nothing else, this guy will at least bring the fan base uh, in, into the stadium, which is right now saying that kind of sounds stupid with COVID and empty stadiums. But um, I just, th- that price is a bit too stiff. So I would have, to, and I don't see, I don't see the new coach going with the rookie quarterback uh, this season, unless it was Lawrence. Uh, again, uh, simply sitting where we are today, we haven't went through the combine. The Jets are obviously doing their due diligence, but there hasn't been any reports that, wow, they were falling in love with XYZ. So I'm going to say that they're going to go with the kind of, I, I, I almost said this, the safe option, but no, it's not the safe option. It's kind of you swung and missed, but at least we know him. We've seen flashes that he can win on a, uh, in the NFL level, and maybe some players need a change of scenery. Some players just need to change a different voice in their headset. And uh, Donald, if he is the quarterback, he's going to have that. So I'm going to say that kind of by default, because the Jets simply will not be able to part with enough capital. Um, they're going to go with Donald as a one-year stopgap and uh, figure it out from there. So as of tonight, that's my guess. Not Nothing more than a guess. And that's based on a ludicrous asking price for Watson. Right. Well, I, I, the, the asking price is completely ludicrous. But you know, if you're going to trade a talent like that, you are, as you said, going to going to shoot for the stars, the moon, and the sky. You're going to be all the way up there because nobody ever accepts a first offer in a in a negotiation. So if I came to you and and said, "Hey, you know, I want to buy this thing from you," I, I am certainly not going to start with the most I'm willing to pay. And and if I asked you for an offer, you're certainly not going to start with the least you'd be willing to take. So I think that's just their offer out there, knowing that they're going to have to take less because nobody's giving giving them two first, two seconds, and two young defensive starters. And, you know, we're not talking about, you know, like special teams guys who who are Nick, who are dime backs who are going to come in and whatever. They're talking about, like, legitimate players. Nobody's giving up all of that. It's just not happening. So I'm not as concerned about that. I think ultimately, I think the final price will be three first-round picks and maybe like a third or a second or something like that, and they'll throw a pick coming back. That's what I think the, the, the final price will be. And how many teams have that ability? I'm not sure. The Jets do. I know the Dolphins do. They have first-round picks. 
And, and the Jets and Dolphins probably have an inside track because they have high first round picks. And that makes a huge difference. If the Jets were picking 12 and wanted to make this deal, they probably would need to do something like two first, two seconds, two starters, because 12 is way different. With the number two pick, the Jets have a huge leg up, and that, that counts for like two and possibly, depending if you're talking late picks, possibly three, you know, maybe not another third-round pick, but maybe two first-round picks and a, a second-round pick. That that second-round pick, that second, that number two pick, can't even speak, that number two pick counts for. So I think that will ultimately be the asking price. Whether or not the Jets want to pay it, I don't know. Uh, as for Darnold, I think, honestly, I think Darnold will be a last resort. I think the Jets, and, and they've made it clear that they are, I think the Jets will explore every option they possibly can before they end up, quote unquote, settling for Sam Darnold. And, you know, for all the reasons we've spoken about, you either go get yourself a stud, you either love someone in the draft and draft a guy, you can get a vet who you think gives you a better chance to win, you can uh, do this, you can do that. And at the end of the day, if none of them work out, or if you don't love anybody, or you don't, you know, all the vets that are out there are too expensive, then you come back and you do what you can to try and salvage Sam Donald. But I think that'll be a last resort. And the main reason I think that is because, you know, it's twofold, is he, he hasn't shown anything in three years. He's still making rookie mistakes. He can't read the defense. He's skittish. He's all of those things. And the biggest reason I've been saying all along, and I will I, until the until I'm proven wrong, I will not stop saying this: is that these guys are new. They are not coming in here and trying to hitch their wagons and, and risk their careers on a fourth year quarterback who has shown nothing. So that that is why I think Sam Donald. If Sam Donald is the starter on on opening day, and it's not because of injuries, and it's not because it is not because it had literally because they gave him the job, then they tried everything else and failed. That's the way I look at. I, I see that, and and the reason why. I, I see that even as a remote possibility is because he has that sort of a one-year stopgap contract. He doesn't have the Jared Goff situation where they have buyer's remorse where they just gave him a four- or five-year deal and this new coach is stuck with him and he's saying, listen, I don't want to base my coaching career, my first job uh, on the quarterback that I don't see as a solution. So that's why I see that the, the only reason Darnold is even in the conversation and uh, at the moment my answer is twofold. Number one, uh, unless the price for Watson somehow comes down. Number two is because Darnold is literally that one-year stopgap situation unless he drastically wows us. I don't see that happening. Do I see him leading us to... I don't know. I laugh at myself when I say uh, Darnold leading us. Do I see him surviving uh, as a starter and managing managing the team to six or seven wins? Yeah, possibly. He he did it the year before, so it's not outside of the realm of possibility. Um, do I see him as the long long term solution? No, absolutely not. He has to show something that he has not shown, and that's development. He's not developed at this point. He's kind of stuck in a rut. So I don't see him as the future, but I definitely see him, unfortunately, as an option for next season. There, yeah, you know, there, the yeah. I was gonna say there is every possibility he will be on the team if they can't get anything for him in a trade, or if they don't come up with something. There is every possibility that he will be. You know the guy in front of a rookie quarterback that they draft, or he will be on the team with a vet that they sign. I think there's a very good chance Darnold is on the team, but I think there's no chance they pick up that option. And unless he somehow comes out and does what everybody says, you know, they 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 make the comparisons to Tannehill, which is a shitty comparison in my opinion. But they they make the comparison unless he comes out and does that and and turns into suddenly like 
a stud, and then and then they're gonna have to compete with other teams to sign him after next year. He's definitely gone after this coming year. So I agree, he is not the future. He he would have to have a monster season to make himself the future. I think this is a financial thing, and unless they can get something from a trade, he he'll, he might be on the team to to run that contract out. The only thing is, is there's a lot of absolutely crazy lunatics that think that the saints are going to give the jets the 28 pick for sam donald i would i would bet anything anybody if, if you're listening to this my email address is rmccool at gmail.com email me i will bet you anything sam donald does not get a first round pick or a second round pick and i would probably bet enough that he would not even get a third round pick so you look me up if you want to bet on it there's no shot that the saints give up the number 28 pick for sam donald it is not happening you can't you can't even have an argument that you're a football fan and you in any way, shape, or form understand football if you believe that's going to happen. If there is a GM stupid enough, and yes, that, that's the only reason, that's the only logic I can use. If there is a GM stupid enough to put up a first-round pick or a second-round pick for Sam Darnold, I sign up for that, throw in his dog, throw in my grandmother, anybody you want. Drive him to the airport. <laughs> I'll pack his bags, I'll everything, uh, because that just, it doesn't seem feasible. Here, the, the one point that I wanted to make, uh, why, why I think the Dolphins are slightly ahead of us when it comes to the sweepstakes for Watson, is both of us have a young quarterback, but if you were the Texans, would you, and you're getting a young quarterback in return, whether you see them as a potential long-term answer, whether you see them as, hey, it's he's worth taking a look and evaluating, at this point, me being a diehard Jets fan, I take Tua simply because the guy has a half a year under his belt, and he he came from a team that uh, there was a winning team. The culture is there, the coaching was there. So if uh, if he's part of that package, then Houston is saying, "Hey, listen, we're we're not only getting a nice hefty package back, we are also right away we're in the driver's seat. We have a young quarterback. We don't even have to draft. We can right away focus on uh, signing and drafting weapons." for that quarterback if they see him as an option still under his rookie deal so obviously has a lot more positives to offer than Darnold absolutely and, and, and the other positive is Watson has has a no trade clause he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of say in where he goes all the say actually and Miami's a nice place to play they're a much better team than the Jets and there's no state tax in Florida which cannot be underestimated as well so all you know Miami definitely has an advantage just whether or not they really are ready to give up on Tua because they're they're picking number three their picks almost as valuable as the Jets pick you know so yep. absolutely yep and the one last thing that I have that I wanted to get your opinion on, living a little bit in the fantasy world, but uh, let me uh, let me know if you see this even as a remote possibility. Here is one option that I keep thinking about that will lower the price of Watson, and that's taking on the contract of J.J. Watt. He's injury prone. He's making a ton of money. Somebody will still see him as a possibility. Don't tell me that he's still the best defensive player in the NFL. He's a humongous injury risk. He's a beat-up player who you're just hoping you get eight games, ten games out of him. But uh, is that even a possibility that Houston says, listen, we'll lower the price on Watson. We still want kind of something like what you said, two firsts or maybe three firsts, but uh, something in that realm that lowers the price. But uh, you got to get Watson off our books as well. Well, I, as you were saying, yeah, as as I was as you were saying it, I was like, wow, that is an excellent point, and you know, it might be worth it because if the guy gives you ten games of of the play he's capable of, we'd be in great shape. But I just looked up his contract; twenty twenty one is the last year of his contract, so 
I think if they are, um, you know, I don't think they'd be as concerned if he's got an expiring contract. They can let it go. Now, if he had two or three years left, I could see them wanting to unload the contract. I'm glad you but, checked because uh, I, I was under the assumption he has two, possibly three years left on his deal. Yeah, no. Now that he's going into his last season. So that's obviously not as big of an albatross as you fear. Yeah, certainly not if they're rebuilding, you know, because the thing is, is if they trade Watson before June 1st, which it looks like they're going to, which which would prove me wrong because I, I would I insisted that they wouldn't. Uh, there's a huge cap hit. I mean, it's it's punitive. It's it's, it's kind of crazy how the how much the cap difference is before June 1st and after. But if you're Houston and you're rebuilding and you're giving up your quarterback, you're not going to compete this year anyway. So would you rather just take just get slammed with a cap hit anyway, since you're not going anywhere and just just eat it uh, and get the number two pick or the number three pick in the draft this year? Or would you rather just not take the cap hit, wait till after June 1st, and then take a 2022 pick? I mean, if I'm them and I'm not competing anyway, I say, frigate, screw the cap money. Let's just make the trade now so we have that that high pick in the draft. That's that's what I would do because you never know where whatever team you trade with is going to be next year. They could have a good year and you're stuck at 17. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that that it's not as big a deal for them to get rid of the cap money, whether it's Watson or JJ Watt for that reason is they're not going to compete this year. Anyway, let's just eat the cap money, not sweat it. And then, you know, you know, they'll be off the books next year and then we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. Excellent point. Obviously, they're not trading Watson and saying, listen, we're going to compete for the Super Bowl this year. It's almost like, hey, we're trading Watson. Obviously, we're gearing up for a two or three year rebuild. We have a ton of money coming coming off the books. So that makes a ton of sense. Um, uh, do you have anything new? Have you heard anything that you wanted to discuss? Because on my end, it was just uh, I was itching to talk a little bit of quarterbacks, especially, like I said, when uh, when the whole big deal went down this week of Goff and uh, Stafford. I wanted to jump on a quarterback train and discuss some options for the Jets, but that's all I well, had from my end. Tell me about your thoughts on that trade. I know there are a lot of people, and I think you might be one of them from something you said earlier, but there are a lot of people who think that that trade is a benchmark and might set the price for Watson to be even higher. What's your opinion on that, or do you not feel that way? I feel that way 100%. The problem is how much higher can you get, and are you going to find a willing partner who has the draft picks high enough that you desire uh, and is willing to give up all that capital. But yeah, when you, what you got for, unless the Lions see Goff as a long-term franchise quarterback, and I'm sorry, but I have to say, I have a lot of respect for Sean McVay, uh, McVay and the offense he runs. I think he's a boy genius. He's a very, very smart coach. And if he was willing to, not willing, he wanted Goff out of there. He just did not see him as a Super Bowl-type uh, quarterback. That tells you a lot, but wow, the Rams, I mean, they mortgage their entire future. They're a team that has terrific defenders in Aaron Donald and uh, Ramsey, but those guys are kind of hitting that, they're hitting that benchmark where one one year, maybe two if you're lucky, and they're really going to start uh, trending down. It's not like they're still peaking. You have Stafford, who is an injury risk, and who is also, it's not, you're not getting a guy who is Watson's age, 25, 26. They kind of gambled almost on one year, Super Bowl or bust, because after this year, it's going to get ugly for that franchise. So I was, when you take all those things into account, when you take Stafford, the fact that the guy has no playoff wins in his career, uh, has been in the NFL longer, he's a good quarterback. I'm a fan of his. I am a fan. I think he's a, he's a big improvement, not just an improvement. I think he's a big improvement on Goff. But what he fetched 
from the Rams just made me say, wow, what is Watson going to bring back? That was just my initial reaction because obviously as a Jet fan, I am hoping to get Watson. So when I saw what Stafford brought, I was like, holy shit, what is it going to take to get uh, Watson? <laughs> right. I, I That was my initial reaction too. I was like, oh my God, the market for quarterbacks, here we go. This is crazy and whatever. But you know, as I as every time I come on this show, I will I will say my first emotional reaction is one thing, and then what I do is I digest it, I go read up on it, whatever. And most more often than not, I end up feeling differently. I, I usually don't have that same opinion as my emotional reaction, which that that kind of is proof to me that the difference between actually learning the, the sport and the business side is the difference between those 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 people who just get on there and go crazy over everything they see. But I'm, I'm digressing. Okay, first I want to address what you said about the Rams. Yes, they absolutely, and I think they know they did it, they absolutely mortgage the future for a shot to win in the next year, possibly two. And if you want to stretch it and, and have them be, you know, like that one last gasp where everybody maybe has whatever left in the tank in year three. So let, let's just say best case scenario, they bought themselves three years. What are those three years? It is the three years they don't have a first round pick, right? I mean, they gave up. They, they didn't have one this year anyway. They gave the next two. So they get a they get a, a, a quarterback who's still young enough to be able to play well for at least those three years. They have they have a good defense that should be able to somewhat stay together for those cup for those three years you hope and you get rid of a, an albatross of a contract that was going to that was going to hold you up with a with a player they obviously lost confidence in so for the lions i mean for the rams excuse me this was a, a very big gamble that they could win a super bowl one at least one and you know hopefully they win more if if, it, if you're a rams fan but at least one super bowl in the next couple of years and then at the end of that three-year period they have first round picks again they you know you would hope that you know in, in the sense of if you're the Rams, that you win a Super Bowl and then it was worth it. From the Lions' perspective, um, I think they get all those picks. All right, Goff may Goff may maybe he'll be flipped to someone else. Maybe they do view him as as something. But you know, you just said it. Stafford's never won a playoff game. He's 32 years old. Goff has won playoff games. So how much of a downgrade is it really? If they've if if you know, I mean, if you can't win playoff games anyway, you you, you, you hopefully get lightning in a bottle. And worst case scenario, you cut them in a couple of years when you know when when the cap hit isn't as bad. But you also get a bunch of picks out of it. Now, segue that into the Watson deal. I once I realized what what the deal was on both sides of the coin and the differences i realized that that does not necessarily raise watson's value uh if only for the fact that number one they're not getting a pick this year and that's huge i mean if you're a team that's that's giving up that's that's trading your guy and you're not getting a pick this year that's big number two you just made the rams a better team there's no doubt that Stafford's a, an upgrade, as you said. So the Rams are a better team. They will be picking in the 20s unless a bunch of guys get hurt, probably for both of the years that the Lions have those picks. So those picks become, you know, almost you can't even calculate how much less valuable they are when when they're a year away and in the 20s. And then, you know, they gave up this, the third round pick. So that's, you know, that that's that's kind of negligible. That's that was probably a throw in. So. I think at the end of the day, Watson's value is the same as it was because the, the Lions maybe got a lot, but that that a lot is not as much as it seems when you take this into consideration. When Watson will be fetching probably, 
you know, almost certainly from one of the teams in the top few picks. So you get that plus two other picks. They're going to get three first round picks, one of which is this is the current year and is likely to be a top five pick if it's the Jets or Dolphins. And who knows you know, who else is in those sweepstakes, but it, it'll be a top 12 you know, 10, 12, something. So I don't think it raises Watson's value at all. I think once you dig a little deeper and take everything into consideration, you realize that, the uh, yes, they gave up a lot on the surface, but it doesn't really, you know, for the Rams, it was a gamble. For the Lions, they didn't get, they didn't really get that much, but they got enough. And that's pretty much the way I look at it. It's definitely a deal that's, it's one of those deals that to really appreciate and properly dissect it, we're going to have to look back at it because if it plays out the way the Rams are hoping and they gave up two draft picks that are going to be in mid to late 20s, they can live with that for a run, uh, even if it's just one run, a legit run of the Super Bowl. But if the wheels come off, if Stafford gets injured, if, if the defense doesn't perform, they don't make the playoffs and the Lions end up with picks that are in the top 12, 13. I would even say if it's in the top 15, it's a win. So it's one of those deals that you kind of have to see how it plays out. Right now on the surface, your argument certainly makes more sense than uh, just pressing the panic button and saying, oh my God, if Stafford got this. Well, let's see if those picks are going to be in two years, pick number 26, and in three years, pick number 28. That's not, you can't even sniff a comparison to what Watson when you're talking two, three, uh, a number two or a number three pick overall this year and uh, something potentially in the top 10 to 12 next year. So yeah, that's, that's a very drastic difference. Well, let's be realistic also. The Rams literally have not had a first-round pick since they traded for Goff. That was 2016. So 17, 18, 19, 20, they have not had a first-round pick. How many times have the Rams not been a good team during those five years? Only right. last year they missed the playoffs, and that was by the by yeah. nut hair. So they're, they're exactly. in there. So, so they're there every year. So maybe, just maybe, they know how to draft, they know how to develop, and uh, you know they, they gave up their picks. And it's not like they're giving up their picks for shit players. I mean, they got Jalen Ramsey, they got their quarterback who got them to a Super Bowl, even though he didn't work out, and now they're giving up a couple of future first-round picks for a guy who has always been considered a good quarterback on a shitty team. And you know, he is the perfect example of what Darnold, of what people want to what say what Darnold, you know, what people want to make Darnold out to be a guy who should be better but the team never supported him, blah, blah, blah. But yes, you, you are absolutely right. The Rams took a big gamble because their worst case scenario is, is Stafford is just not that good. He gets hurt. The defense gets old quick. And then they gave the Lions pretty good picks and, and never even compete for that Super Bowl. Their, their best case scenario is they get three solid years and they don't miss those first round picks because they're late anyway. And and they're contending for a Super Bowl those three years. The more likely scenario is, they're gonna, is, is they probably make one run and then struggle through it maybe make the playoffs but you you never know which way it goes that's you know it's always somewhere in between your two extremes but no doubt they took a gamble and uh you know you just said it yourself McVeigh is a smart guy he's a good coach Uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't just uh you know blindly throw picks at the Lions and and not have something in 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 place and some some other kind of thing in mind I'm, I'm positive of that one of the things when you were giving your explanation, one of the things that made me smile and just say, wow, hopefully the Jets coaching staff that was just brought in has that it, and that's development. It's not always necessary to draft in the first round. Not every team has a top 10 pick. That's just the reality of it. But you still have to hit on your draft picks in the second and third round, possibly the fourth. I think fourth, fifth, sixth, that's a bonus. Second and third, you're still shooting to get 
uh, to draft a guy who you see as a contributor, maybe not in your first year, but you're not exactly drafting a guy who you hope is going to be a career special teams guy. And that's where the Jets have been lacking. They either miss on picks, but the other big problem for the going back as long as I can remember, as long as I've, I've been a fan since the early 90s, is there's been zero development. And that's zero. When, when you have a good coaching staff that can develop young guys, you can afford to give up those first round picks, coach them up. And all of a sudden, the guy who was a French second rounder, maybe it was a character issue. Maybe he was just not in a big college. When you have coaches who can identify the kid's strength, coach him up and develop him, that solves a lot of problems of not having a first round pick. Well, let's talk a little bit for a split second, which, I mean, it's not com- directly related, but it is, the reason I thought of it is, as you said, um, you know, you, you pick the kid, you do this, you draft him. And, and, and one of the things that popped into my mind was, you know, you design a system for the talent you have instead of trying to force the talent you have into your system, right? So Salah comes in and the first thing he's doing is switching the Jets to a 4-3, which I think is huge. I think the Jets have had the players to play a 4-3 for years and no one has ever done it. Like even Darren Lee, who everybody makes fun of, it's a bad pick, blah, 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 blah. And he, he's now saying, hey, give me a chance. I can come back. He's a He would be a good edge rusher in a 4-3, but they never used him properly, right? You got Quinn and Williams in a 4-3 suddenly becomes a freaking beast. You know, for years, the Jets had all these guys on the defensive line that would have been much better in the 4-3 instead of the three four so this guy has come in and is already making a change i don't know if that's what he prefers or if he sees the personnel the jets have i don't know but already i'm excited by a a guy who's coming in the first thing he does is make a big change to the defense and you know hopefully as you said can develop guys and not try and squeeze guys into his system but instead kind of develop something around what he actually has and that that will be a huge difference between developing them and getting them set and and then game planning for the other team i mean you you have to you have to react to the way things are you cannot be adam gase and like so many people in life and and react to things the way you think they should be you have to react to the way they actually are and if the jets coaching staff can do that then you know then we've got a chance to compete and you just never know that's always been the big thing for me. Identify the strength of your players. Be able to adjust as the coach. Don't just be rigid. This is the system. Even though I don't have the personnel, this is what won games for me before. This is what my predecessor taught me. So this is how we're going to play. No. You are managing people that might not fit the mold that the, from the team that you just came from. Be adaptable. That's the big thing. And the, I agree with you. The fact that the, what our coach is doing and at least uh, talking Everything is positive. Everything has me excited. Be adaptable. That's it. That's it. I just, I don't want to ramble. I'm just, uh, I'm excited that it's like you said, it's not a rigid guy who is stuck to, who's married to his ideas and is just uh, will not deviate no matter what. Let's just hope that for once we have a guy who game plans for the other team. And when you have a team with a with a terrible pass defense, you don't try and you don't try and run the freaking ball every play. That's I mean that's a, a very simple example, but that's essentially what the Jets have done for for the last decade is they try and run their game plan and their and they play to their own strengths rather than attacking the other team's weakness. And if this guy can actually change that and do what we talked about last time was be the CEO over everything and let his coordinators handle 
the, the play-by-play, then we're, we're way ahead of the game from where we've been for, I don't, can't even remember how many years, probably Parcells. And that's uh, that's what not, I look forward to. Let's not forget dedicating a season to let Frank Gore attain his personal goals instead of giving young guys the much necessary reps. But that's and a then, yeah, And then they deactivated him the second he got it. I mean, he hit the, he hit the number on the nose and then they and then they took him out and deactivated him immediately. You know, just come on. I, mean, I understand wanted to help a guy out, but that's just that's all I had. I just needed to scratch the itch of talking some quarterbacks. I'm glad you indulged me. That's all I had on my end for this week. You got it, my friend. Have a great night. I will, uh, I guess, well, what's today? Today is Monday. I guess we'll catch up later in the week, right? Be safe. I'm sure we'll do another one around the weekend. Be good. Take care.